Hello, can you hear me? Oh, perfect. Hey, how are you, Coach Al? Perfect. Hello, Doc. Yeah, hey, how's everything going? Well, very busy. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. Thanks for joining us. I'm sorry about all the technical uh, issues. I know this IG Live can be a little bit confusing, but anyway, you can hear me and you can see me? Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Well, listen, you know, I, I know you're super busy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm just going to give everyone just a brief introduction for people who may not know you, if that's okay. Sure. Um, but but uh, Coach Larinaga has been the uh, head coach of UM since 2011. Uh, he was previously at um, American International, uh, Bowling Green, and George Mason, where he really made a name for himself in 2006 with the, with the improbable dream season that everyone still talks about. Uh, it was a run to the Final Four as an 11 seed, uh, unprecedented, and since then, um, it's been fantastic. He's won several uh, National Coach of the Year awards back in 2013. Uh, when Miami won the ACC regular season uh, and the tournament. He's won over 600 games as a head coach, and he's one of the most well-respected head coaches uh, in college basketball. And we'll be talking about this crazy year coming up with COVID, which I can imagine makes a hard job you know, virtually impossible. So um, crazy times. Tell us a little bit about when, when did you guys start practicing uh, and how different has this preseason been compared to the other preseasons? Well, we've, we've opened up in stages. The first stage was our players were allowed to volunteer in July to go in the gym on their own and with uh, no more than four players in the practice facility at the same time. So that was July 1. By July 20th, the coaches were finally allowed to join the players. So me and my staff were, were then joining the players, but there was no contact. All the coaches were wearing masks. The players were wearing masks. We set up the uh, practice facility where there was a lot of social distancing. When we were practicing, practicing offense, offensive skills, uh, running um, plays, there was no defense. We did not want anybody face-to-face. -face. And when we were playing defense, there was no offense. It was just guys going through the defensive schemes with, with their imagination, quite frankly. That changed in September. We started to be able to compete. Uh, we started doing uh, weekly uh, COVID testing in July. Uh, then in September, we've gone to, to two COVID tests, and starting next week, it'll be three COVID tests a week. Three a week, okay. Three a week. And is that something, is that a protocol that is UM's protocol, or is that an NCAA protocol? Yeah, it's the University of Miami. Okay. And is that similar to what other, uh, other teams are doing, uh, you know, just across the country, or is that, are you guys being extra cautious? Well, it's very interesting. The head coaches in the ACC uh, met every Wednesday morning on a Zoom call to discuss what everybody was doing. And it turns out that each of the schools had their own plan of attack. So we were not all doing the same things. Um, but we were following the University of Miami uh, protocols. 
about social distancing, about wearing masks. Uh, and uh, since the middle of, of September now, we basically have been very limited restrictions, except for the coaches all wearing masks. And uh, we're limited by the NCAA rule about being able to put in 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week. And you guys plan on continuing three tests a week throughout the entire season, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I think uh, we will stick with the three, three tests a week until uh, I think there's a very strong possibility we might go to testing every day because they've developed a, a new method. I think the University of Miami uh, will help develop a, a rapid test where you can get the results back in 30 minutes. If we can, wow. we, we might be going to, to testing every single day. I, I don't know when that would begin, but there, there have been rumors about that. Now, that brings up the next very tricky question, which, you know, the guidelines according to the CDC are that if someone on your team tests positive, because basketball, everyone's in close quarters, coaches, players, if someone tests positive, What's the quarantine protocol that you guys are doing? Because the CDC says typically 10 to 14 days, anyone who's in close contact, which is the entire team, has to be quarantined. Well, um, there's, there's several things going on. So I'm, I'm going to uh, back up and, and start with uh, the question we asked was, suppose a player wanted to go home for Christmas. We normally plan a Christmas break. They said when if he goes home for any length of time and he comes back, he's got to quarantine for five days and then have two tests positive before he can return to action. But if someone on our team tests test positive, then they're going to go through the contact tracing and determine not only does that player have to quarantine for 14 days, but anybody who is in close contact might have to quarantine as well. Now, we've already had to reschedule a game. Our opening game on November 25th was scheduled to be Stetson. Stetson had a player test positive. They've shut that program down for 14 days now. Wow. So we can't play on the 25th. We're hoping to reschedule it for, September, uh, for December 4th. So very, very complicated. This is not going to be a typical season. Yeah. What, does every team have their own like return to play protocol or are there NCA, you know, double A guidelines for when someone can return to play after they test positive? Yeah, I think each school, uh, I think the NCAA has their guidelines. Each school has their guidelines. Ours are a little bit more uh, uh, restrictive. The big 10, those schools, I think their rules are even more restrictive than ours, more limitations. Um, but, but, uh, there's, there's going to be so many cancellations and postponements. You can see with the COVID testing, so many cases testing positive now, uh, it's going to be very, very challenging for athletic programs to keep moving forward without end up being quarantined for at least, uh, five, 10 or 14 days. And your guys' protocol, first of all, have any of your players tested positive? You don't have to mention names, but ha has anyone since the outbreak began 
have any of your players tested positive? None of our players have tested positive since returning to campus. Oh, you're muted again. We can't hear you. Is your volume off? Jim, we lost your volume. You there, bud? I can't, I can't hear you. I think we lost your volume. Can you hear me? All right, sounds like you can hear me, but I can't hear you. You want to log on and then come back in like you did last time? Okay, there you go. Hold on. It's a very challenging technical interview today. Get some IT in this piece. Hold on. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. So Perfect. Um, As I was saying, every every school has their own protocols. One of the things the ACC has done to make it a little more consistent is anybody we play in the non-conference has to meet ACC standards. And those ACC standards are are being, uh, you have to be tested three times a week. And and during those three times, you can't be tested back-to-back days. So pretty typically, we'll be tested on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But and your guys um, and your guys return to play protocol is two weeks. Is that correct? 14 days. 14 days. Do you require a negative test or is it just 14 days of a? No, you have to have a negative test to return. That's interesting because some people they've shown some people never test negative even weeks after the virus. I hope that doesn't happen. Well, I think that's that's the thing. My, I have a nephew who tested positive, and he continues to test positive. So, and and quite frankly, Doc, I could be wrong about that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But the, in the last conversation, this there's, there's so many things discussed. Yeah, and the rules keep being updated. And what about cardiac testing? That's a big deal yeah, now when it comes to football. Are you guys requiring cardiac testing if someone tests positive? Um, can you hear me still? Yep, I can see you and hear you. Okay. Yep. So we we had one of our cardiologists, uh, Dr. Goldberger, on a Zoom call. And what he explained was that We're going to test for the heart, but not immediately, because if you test for the heart during the first 14 days and it comes up positive, a student athlete has to sit out for three months. Wow. If you wait and do it two weeks after the the you tested positive, there's a good chance that the the heart will have resolved that issue. And then you can return to action. So that's what we're doing right now. Now, you guys demand non-conference teams to match your guys' criteria. Uh, What are other conferences doing? It sounds like you guys are one of the more strict conferences when it comes to COVID testing, you know, return to play guidelines. What about about 
you know, other conferences, other Power Five conferences? Well, it's my understanding. I haven't spoken to anybody in the Big Ten, but they're testing every day right now. Wow. And that's why so I don't know if to. they're requiring every opponent that they play to do that. But we play Purdue on December the 8th. So I'm sure I'm going to be hearing about what we need to do because Purdue is coming to my. Got you. And how are you guys traveling? How are you keeping your players safe? Hotel, planes? What type of extra precautions are you guys taking for the away games? So social distancing becomes a major issue with travel. We are not uh, playing any away games by traveling commercially. We're staying out of the, the uh, commercial airlines. And, and um, we are going to, to uh, uh, fly charter, but on the team bus, the players who sit near each other have to be roommates. And then they're, they're going to be separated. So, for example, uh, player one and player two are roommates, so they're going to sit together on the bus or next to each other, but still social distance. There's going to be at least one seat in between them. And because we only have like 12 guys, that's only, you know, uh, six rows, and the bus seats like 54 people. So we're going to be, uh, you know, every other row or every third row and only players who um, room together will be on the bus together. And we're trying to do the same thing with the, the uh, plane that we'll be flying in. And the, and the hotels, I guess. Yeah, the hotels, again, the same thing. The players who, who room together at home will be rooming together on the road. The pregame meals, which we normally, you know, eat together as a team, we're going to uh, change that uh, format. Uh, guys will be picking up dinners and taking them back to their room so they're, they're not eating next to a teammate. When we're at home here, we're going to be eating in what is known as the H100 room, uh, which is a big banquet room, and we're going to separate all the players. The tables will be uh, uh, socially distant. Interesting. Now, you guys already had a game canceled or, you know, uh, it's 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 uh, postponed and the season hasn't even started yet. So how much flexibility is there in your schedule? Because this is obviously going to be a recurring theme to fit in what is the minimum number of games. I believe it's 13. You need 13 games in order to qualify for the NCAA this year. Is that correct? Yeah. So, I mean, how much flexibility is there in the schedule? I mean, if the first game has already been postponed, how many cancellations can you guys physically fit into the schedule? It's going to be it's going to be messy. Well, we're scheduled to play 25 games. <laughs> I think it's wishful thinking that we're going to get to play 25 games. But um, if everybody takes the precautions that we're taking, I think there's a better chance we can get at least, you know, 18 to 20 games in. Ho hopefully no more than five would, would have to be canceled. And what about fans? Are you guys going to allow fans in the arena? Not, not during 2020. Come January, it'll be reevaluated and discussed with our COVID committee to see if they think it's safe 
to start having some fans. Because we're an indoor sport and our arena is, quite frankly, not that big, um, we seat 8,000 or close to it. And uh, if we can play or if we can have, you know, two or 3,000 fans in the arena, that would probably be the best we can hope for. And what about the other uh, ACC teams? Are they allowing fans in the stadium, or is that a universal ACC rule? You know, I haven't I haven't heard what other people are doing, uh, quite frankly. And and again, I think that's very fluid. You know, people want to have fans in the stands. Our football team is playing in an outdoor stadium, and with only thirteen thousand fans in a sixty-five thousand seat stadium, so. Uh, they're allowed maybe 20 to 25% capacity. Got you. Right now, uh, you know, that, that would be nice for us if we could have like even 2,000 fans, but it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. What about how are you recruiting during this pandemic? That's a big problem for all sports, all coaches, since it's tough to do in-person visits, have people come to the campus, What's your strategy in terms of recruiting during this pandemic? You know, it's actually been very good, very interesting. Maybe it should be this way all the time. We're just talking to kids on on the phone, texting with them and having Zoom calls. The difficulty for them is to make a decision what school to go to without taking any official visit. And what's difficult for coaches is not being able to evaluate. You know, last March when we got shut down, April's a very busy evaluation period. July is a very busy evaluation period, watching kids play. We were not able to watch anybody play. So we're making our decisions based on information we can gather in talking to so many of our friends in the business, scouts and, and AAU coaches, high school coaches. You know, they, they'll, they'll let you know, let us know, uh, who they think we should be involved with and who's not quite good enough. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough because you have such a great program and the the environment in Miami um, is such a big selling point that when players can't come down and feel that energy and kind of see the kind of program you're running, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's a big selling point that you've lost because they can't physically be here. Well, what we've done to, to counteract that is we've gone on these Zoom meetings and in the Zoom meeting, show them video of our campus. So um, we show them highlight tapes. We show them how we play. Uh, we discuss where they would fit in. In recruiting, it, it's really not about your campus, the size of your school. It's really for most student athletes finding the place where they can realize their dreams in their own sport. So for our guys, they all want to play in the NBA. So when we recruit a young man, we want to uh, present ourselves as a program that you can continue to develop as a person, as a player, as a student. But uh, the, the development is going to be in all those categories, but especially in your sport so we can prepare you for an opportunity to play professionally once you've graduated from the University of Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's uh, it's an interesting year, I think, for everyone. And obviously you guys are leading the way. Are, are your players at all? Have they expressed any concern? Are your players 
worried about getting infected? Have, have people voiced the opinion of maybe they're going to sit out the year? Nobody has uh, voiced opinion that they want to opt out. They all want to play. They all want to stay safe. They, the, the funny thing is they're always saying to me, coach, wash your hands. You know, because if I touch a basketball, they're afraid I'm going to catch it. Um, but our guys have been very, very responsible. They've done a good job. I think that's why we haven't had any positive tests so far. But what are the odds of us being able to go through a whole season without anybody getting it? Uh, I'd say the chances of that are, are slim. Yeah, and I think that goes for all programs. It's going to be interesting, which brings on the final uh, topic which is the role of the bubble, which obviously worked very well during the NBA season, uh, can't really be done in terms of football. But in college basketball, has that idea been floated around a bubble, maybe for different conferences or at least March Madness? Well, our head coaches, uh, when we met on Wednesdays on a Zoom call, that was discussed just about every every week. Um, and... The idea of playing in a bubble like the NBA, from an expense standpoint, I, I think uh, it, it was out of the question. For the NCAA, maybe uh, they can figure that out. But the problem with that is going to be how many schools, how many teams are you then going to invite? Right now, the NCAA tournament uh, includes 68 schools. That's way too large for any bubble that I know of. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be very, very fluid. I mean, I guess, what's your prediction? Do you think we have a full year? Do you feel like, because people are saying that if, if once this starts to decompensate, it's going to be tough to have a full year. What Do you have any, any predictions? Well, I, I don't really deal in a lot of hypotheticals. What about this or what about that? But it's going to be a challenge to have uh, 350 schools. Actually, now it's not that because the Ivy League has already announced that they're not going to have any winter sports and basketball is a winter sport. So I wouldn't be surprised if other leagues followed their lead and, and canceled winter sports. But I think the Power Five conferences add, add uh, maybe – the Big East, the Atlantic 10, and maybe a couple of other leagues. Now you have 10 or 12 leagues, I think, will do what it takes to, to try to keep playing. Yeah, well, we are all hoping for the best. Um, it's been half an hour. Thank you again so much for your time, Coach L. Um, good luck this season. We hope to see Miami at the uh, top of the ACC standings. Um, and again, good luck with, all, with, your, with your year, okay? Thanks again for your time. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Be well.